What I love about stories is that they connect us all into one experience. Good stories are often relatable, relational, and real. In searching for stories for the podcast, I often analyze my life and ask myself what's missing from it or what questions I have. And the issue I was going through at the time and still do is mental health. I was facing one of the darkest and loneliest periods of my life. And I found someone who had been through that and come out on the other side. Dr. Raj is a psychiatrist and an internal medicine doctor at the Adventist Medical Center in Portland, Oregon. I would say I had an idyllic childhood growing up uh, in the outskirts in, in Maryland. Although his upbringing might have been idyllic, his profession as a psychiatrist and MD deals with less than ideal circumstances. Part of what I deal with professionally in mental health care on, on the psychiatry side is dealing with stigma. There is a lot of stigma surrounding mental health, period. And what I spend a lot of time doing is actually destigmatizing mental disorders for people and say, like, look, this is not something that, you know, you are uh, deficient in a certain way or you're not, um, you know, sinful in a certain way that's causing this to happen. Uh, would we say something like that to somebody who is, say, diabetic or, or had heart disease, that, that, you know, there's something wrong with you. Why do you have this? No, we know that these are disorders that happen sometimes due to genetics, sometimes due to behavioral factors, but a lot of times it happens and we don't know why. It's, it's kind of a multifactorial thing. Divorce is often a trigger for people's mental health. And this is where Dr. Raj comes in. And what we want to do is make sure people are understood and supported through probably one of the most stressful times that one can imagine. Uh, I mean, and, and some of the statistics argue that short of death itself, that a divorce situation is almost like a death in some ways because it's a death of, of the ideal love that God wants for us. Divorce is something that Dr. Raj is familiar with because he has gone through one himself. I mean, it was probably, you know, the one of the darkest times in my life. I mentioned that that, that short of death itself, uh, divorce is is kind of a form of death of love, and it was that um, when suddenly, you know, my spouse of, uh, um, you know, ten years at that point basically said, you know, I. I found somebody else, I'm, I'm, I'm not kind of committed to this relationship anymore. It was very difficult to, again, feel like your world is coming down around you when you've spent all your life, you know, trusting in God that he'll carry you through difficulty. And my prayers during my own divorce process was, God, please heal this, restore this, if it be your will. And that's the piece that sometimes we as humans don't get. We want certain things a certain way. And I wanted my marriage to survive. I wanted it for the sake of my kids, for the sake of stability, for the sake of this love, this person I shared, you know, the most intimate moments of my life with. I wanted it all to work out. Sometimes God in his infinite mercy, when you pray, your will be done, thy will be done you get a different answer than you were expecting. And my marriage did not survive. 
Yet, I realize now that I probably wouldn't want to be with someone who had changed to the point that there was not room for God, there was not room for a loving relationship that I thought we had in Christ. And so maybe in the end, that spares me from some of the the difficulties. But what I've learned in this process is that um, people change. People sometimes change, hopefully for the better. That's why we're on this Christian journey, to better ourselves and become better each day. And we all have our faults, I must say. You know, I, you know, I learned a lot about myself during this process, too, of, hey, what can I do better? What, what can I, how can I be better? Do I let work encroach too much on home life? Am I not around enough? Um, am I doing too many things? Um, do I need to, you know, be a better dad? Do I need to be a better spouse uh, in, the, in the future again? You know, that kind of thing. As a believer... Dr. Raj knows that divorce isn't what God intended for us, but that it happens. He sees divorce as an attack on our love with God and with each other. Sometimes I think um, that's where Satan wants to attack us the most, is at that love love side. And and philosophers call that type of love storge. Um, And storge is kind of the Latin term for that that family bond that keeps us together. you know, he wants to destroy agape, which is the kind of godlike love that we have, uh, but he does it sometimes indirectly by attacking these other ones. Sometimes it's filio. Maybe it's, you know, the, the friendships that you have. It attacks those, and, and a friend who used to be kind of your go-to person is no longer there for you. That's tough. That's tough. That's a divorce of, a, of another kind, if you will. And so, you know, those are the, the types of love that I think are under attack not only, um, you know, in the secular world, but certainly in the church, and we need to talk about it more. The divorce was difficult for Dr. Raj and his family, so he sought help. One of the biggest tools that I used during my healing process um, was to get a prayer partner. A friend of mine, he is actually one of the uh, elders in our church, um, he's younger than I am, so it was uh, it was an interesting dynamic because I thought maybe you know he looked up to me at, at at one point, but here I found, you know, I was looking up to him for a lot of support, uh, and that friendship sustained me through some pretty dark times there, especially at the beginning. And and what we did was the forty days of prayer, and that was an, a powerful instrument for me because we engaged in in prayer. The natural tendency is to to wallow in your misery. You know, oh, you know, woe is me. I've just been through this horrible situation. But what the 40 Days of Prayer program did was actually allow us to pick other names of other people that were going through, you know, maybe different stressors, but people that we thought we should pray for. And sometimes there is great power in focusing on other people who are struggling just like you are, then suddenly you don't feel as alone. You're not going through this alone. You realize, wow, there are so many people out there who are struggling with variety of issues, you know, addictions, uh, family turmoil, whatever it is, mental health um, issues, uh, medical illness. And that's, it's powerful when you start praying for other people in the midst of your own crisis. 
It is so powerful to put into context your experience to the world. But it is just as important to value and acknowledge your pain. There's that Bible verse that says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And it's encouraging, but no one tells you how long that night may last. People heal at different rates. There's no formula for how long something takes. At the end of that, we, we do hope for healing, right? We don't want that, that tragedy, that illness, that divorce to define who you are, right? We want to overcome that difficulty, and that should be the focus and emphasis. But we have to be able to be in that space of, wow, this was painful. And I acknowledge that, and I, it's okay to cry through that because there were a lot of tears shed. Um, during that period, um, probably lasted longer than I would have wanted to. Something I discovered is that we don't always seek out help, even when we know we need it. At least, that was the case for me. For me, I hearkened back to my uh, support system included pastoral help. When faith is important to a person, regardless of what, what faith that is, to stay connected to the faith, because sometimes there is a tendency that I've seen through divorce situation is to divorce yourself from your church, from God, and all of that. And that's a challenge. That that leaves one lonely on top of going through a stressful situation. So the more one connects to your faith, um, whatever that faith is, uh, the more you're, you're connected to people in your life who can help support you like my friend did for me um, through those 40 days of prayer, the more connectedness there is, the less chance there is for isolation. And then with isolation comes hopelessness. And with hopelessness comes suicidal ideation. And we know sadly that suicide ranks in the top eight to 11 ranking for cause of death in this country. So a lot of people take their lives because of that hopelessness, or they turn to substances like alcohol um, and drugs to kind of drown out the sorrow, if you will. So we want to avoid those what we call maladaptive coping mechanisms and stick with ones that, that are going to be more edifying. Faith is also a very personal journey, right? And um, the Bible was written for all of us. Um, we look at Christ's life and we all examine it through different lenses, depending on, on what we have experienced. Uh, sadly, we see a lot of people uh, who have had mental health challenges may have not had the idyllic upbringing that I enjoyed, right? And that's where it's challenging to look at God and hear these stories of a loving Heavenly Father where they never experienced that from their own earthly father or an absent father or an absent mother or a family that that fought all the time and, and divorce was somewhat of a blessing in, in that household. So everybody comes at life with different experiences, formative experiences. That's the foundation of who we are as, and, you know, and the development of our personalities is largely built upon not only genetics, but the social interactions that we've had and the, the trauma, the stressors that we've endured. And that forms us. And that's um, where, you know, faith becomes important to realize. And sometimes it takes a long time to get to this point. 
that, you know, earthly parenting is very different from the from the the God love that agape love is is transcendent. It's it's something that can take a while to fully appreciate, and I I feel like I am different in my journey. Sometimes. Not just because of all the good stuff and and the stuff I read, I think I became closer to God through my tragedy. It was when I felt something came shattering down instantly, like that Job experience, right? It's when those stressors come, I think that defines us. Either we go away from it, like we talked about, where ah, I God, you let me down. I I'm going away from the church. Or it galvanizes you to say, God, I want to trust you even more. Help me out. I'm, I need your help. And it's when we feel that most vulnerable, maybe it is when you're feeling suicidal. Maybe it is when you're feeling lonely and isolated and, and just at the end of your rope. That's when you want to call out for that loving God who said, I will be with you always, even under the end of the world. it's always important to stress getting support from somewhere. Um, and so it's important for, for anyone to find good support, usually from a professional. Uh, and, and, you know, a, a good fit is always important when you're talking about, you know, very painful subject matter. I know the great value there is in, in having professional support through a crisis. And that's where sometimes pastors are, are out of their league. Our, our pastors are wonderful and they and they're they're very supportive and and my pastor was was very supportive during my process um, but they're often under equipped in handling even any crisis of the mental health variety because they don't get the training I've been in, in contact with several leaders in the church already about hey how do we bone up their skills when it comes to dealing with mental health issues, stressful reactions. Um, and I think there, there could be more teaching and more education done around that so, so that we're not so hush-hush about ha- how to handle that. We're, we're more upfront and say, hey, let's talk about it. But this is not unique to the Adventist church, I must tell you. I think it, it happens in, in a lot of uh, churches uh, where there's stigma attached to something uh, like divorce and, and not wanting to talk about it. Again, we don't want to generalize too much because I know there are churches out there who are better at it than others, but I think we all need to level the playing field on that and be able to talk about mental health issues, stressors in that supporting Christ-like manner. I, I think Christ talked about you know all of these problems when he was here on earth, and so we must be Christ-like in that. Dr. Raj learned in depth about divorce after having experienced it himself. And he was able to see the needs of people going through this process. Through his own experience, he created a nonprofit organization to help families transition through a divorce called Dark to Light. I was shocked when I was sadly going through the divorce process myself. I quickly saw and realized how there is a gap in caring for kids who are going through this process of, of either a legal separation or a divorce itself. And there is especially a gap in the church where we sometimes don't know, 
you know, how to handle a situation of, of a divorce. You know, we know it's not what God wants. It's not what God intended for us in, in, in the marriage union, so to speak. And so a lot of times there is trepidation on, on talking about it in the, in the context of, of a church family. And so sometimes there is even a lack of, of just basic comforting of children who are going through the process. What do I say to them? What do I do? Do I acknowledge that there is trouble going on at home? Do I keep silent and, and just kind of look the other way? And, and so what we want to do is break the silence surrounding that. First of all, there is great power, I believe, in prayer. And so we want to put, you know, kids who we're supporting right now on a prayer list and, and make sure we're praying for them. Every kid that we um, help with and, and support gets a handwritten age-appropriate letter from, from our kids who write and, and, and tell them uh, a word of encouragement, tell them that, that they're being prayed for and thought of and, and being loved uh, through this very difficult process. And sometimes that peer-to-peer -peer connection can go a long way. We're also, you know, offering, you know, little tokens of affection if age appropriate. So we have um, little stuffed animals that are in, in psychiatry terms, transitional objects. So something to love, uh, you know, during a, a period where, where love seems fractured. We also want to support families through the difficulty by, by giving them uh, a, a restaurant voucher to, to go have a meal. Like, let's, let's make things normal. We want to provide that cost-free time to connect and go to a movie, go to a sporting event together. And then a couple of books that talk about divorce specifically. We want to put that in the hands of the kids so that they can read it with their parents and ask questions and frankly talk about the process. And that's what Dark to Light is all about. Divorce often has an end. But it's not the end of the family. Instead, it's a new journey that that family has to navigate. The same goes with mental health. There are definite ends to our problems, but mental health is an ongoing journey. Dr. Raj shared the most challenging and lowest moment in his life. I think it takes that level of vulnerability from all of us, from me, from you, for us to fully support each other and fill the gaps within our lives. <laughs>